Hey y'all, it's your host, Cactus Soul, and get ready, you're tuned into the Spiral of Desire podcast, where we're going to talk about all the elephants in the room, because it's time to unmask, reveal, heal, and evolve. This is the Spiral of Desire podcast. I I am the master master of mastering my own beauty. beauty. A journey carved out for me. A path on which he gave me grace every day. So I can finally comfortably breathe in my own spaces. Hey guys, it's Cactus Soul, and this is the Spiral of Desire podcast, episode one, The Toilet Chronicles. <laughs> I know guys, that sounds absolutely nuts, but I thought that I would open up the Toilet Chronicles episode, um, well, open up this podcast with uh, the title, The Toilet Chronicles, because it's the truest moments of my life is when I'm sitting on the toilet or when I'm crying or when I'm in my car or when I'm in the shower. Those are the moments that I'm by myself. Those are the moments that I am most honest with myself. And I wanted to be completely transparent and honest with you guys. Um, The outpouring of love that I have gotten from those who have purchased my book, from those of you who have just you know, told me um, how proud they are of me or just telling me, um, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I am beyond grateful to each and every person who has just rallied around me and supported me on this journey. Um, This is my um, collection of healing thoughts, collection of moments that were dark, that were necessary, that were needed for my own freedom, freedom from the depression that I suffered for, for, for years, guys. I, uh, suicidal thoughts, um, just unraveling the childhood trauma, um, unraveling what society has placed on your, on your back unraveling those experiences that have caused anxiety that I deal with all the time now. You know, I've learned to check it. I've learned to move around it. I've learned to deal with it. Anxiety doesn't have me anymore. I have it. And I um, am in control. But the beautiful part of my book... um, is the epiphany that I had. I want to read to you guys the um, the note that I wrote to um, to my readers. I wrote a note. Um, the, I'll read the very first part. And I, if you have the book, then you you've probably read these pages. But it says, "Always listen to the spirit, and always make sure your spirit and season are in alignment with God's." will. You'll always thank me later. You will. You'll thank me later. Um, this is actually probably the last epiphany that I had, um, after writing the book. 
Of course, I wrote it first because that's what I wanted you guys to glean from it. There's so many desires and things that I had wanted unseasonally. You know, you don't have an understanding as a child that you need to go through certain things so that you have more of a solid grasp on what it is you're getting ready to embark on. And it's not always on purpose. A lot of times society gives you these checkpoints of you need to be married by this age or it looks, you know, or you look a certain way. You need to have a family by this age. You need to be done with school by this age. You need to have a job by this age. You need to have college finished by this age. And truth be told, everybody's journey doesn't look like that. I know people in my life who went to college at 60, who are in college at 19, who started college at 40, you know, um, people who've had kids at 40, some people who didn't get married till 40, 50, 60, even 70. Your journey is your journey. And I think when we press and push ourselves into forcing things to manifest a certain way, um, because of our beliefs, because of our upbringings, we're moving out of God's will. There's always this place where you have to really come and think to yourself, fall on your knees. Say, Lord, like, is this where you would have me to be? Or is this my own selfish ambition? A lot of time your selfish ambition is the thing, the very thing that puts you in the wrong position. The wrong positions, those cycles, those cyclical generational curses that keep you trapped. That keep you from fulfilling God's will and God's destiny for your life. That's one of the reasons I wrote this book. I wanted women to understand you can go through all of the crap you're going to go through. You can go through the hell that your journey will probably add. But it's in those moments, if you glean the wisdom of what you're supposed to learn from that so you can grow, you'll come out stronger. You'll come out fearless. You'll come out ready for whatever it is God's getting ready to do with you. One of my favorite sayings is that, and I put it up on my Facebook today, was that grapes are not at their greatest potential until they are crushed. They will not become wine until they are crushed. And a lot of times we people, we resist the pain. We resist wanting to go in the direction that's tough. And it's not saying you should plant yourself in bad positions, no. But if you find yourself in a bad position, if you find yourself in a place that is uh, painful, shout out, God, what is it you have for me to learn from this? What are you trying to teach me? How am I going to be elevated to the next level in my life? So anyway, I want to read um, this this note, this letter (laughs) that I wrote to you, all my readers, um, and now podcast listeners. It says, dear darlings, disclaimer, this will change, enhance, destroy, or help your perception of me. If anything, you will know the real me. This is not the poetry of a girl who is perfect. This is the poetry of a girl who held on to pain until literally yesterday. This is the beauty of the fact I don't know a thing. But I have learned enough to see the difference between darkness and God's light and be wise enough not to return to the former. I am the girl that talked to everyone and I eventually stopped talking to everybody. 
After falling into a deep, dark depression, I hid away in the false shame that I didn't live up to who everyone thought I was. This is an in-depth look at how desiring to fit into the lens of what you think your family's expectation and friend's view of what you look like to them can destroy your soul bit by bit. The truth is, I had imposter syndrome. I never deeply believed in the truth I knew the whole time. My talents and creativity were being snuffed out by keeping in line. I clung to every word I had to be heard, seen, loved, and listened to, formed premature desires, and in the end, rebellion struck. I had become a self-loathing, ego-filled, suicidal, friendless, divorced, single mom, and I had come to a roadblock, standing with the last noose made of sheets in my hand as I tried to find the strongest beam in my garage. I only had half a bottle left of those little white pills I had popped way too many times way too many tries to leave earth trying to run from the second empty hand of rum for the day and finally seeing a therapist that gave me pills to get out of the darkness ironically those tiny not so happy pills made me come face to face with my darkness and reality and I knew I did not want to live there anymore and it clicked that happiness is a choice I finally ignored the enemy's whispers and realized my life was worth more than sitting in my mental filth of rehearsed sadness and unforgiveness with myself. Through prayers, journaling, and writing poetry, I drew closer to God, and he gave me so many epiphanies and remedies that the name, the spiral of desire, came, and I knew God was telling me I needed to share my story with the world. My story is not for everyone but it is for the ones that it resonates with. If I can help heal one of you, I have lived my purpose. If one person comes out from under the thumb of false expectations and darkness and begins to seek the same reasons I put down the pills, I untied the sheets when they didn't hold up and then began seeking out the truth of why God didn't allow the pills to work or the carbon monoxide didn't fill up the garage, I pray it is to save and inspire the one reading this right now or the one listening to this podcast. When the chipper friend goes silent, you must call out to them. Those are the voices that are trying to silence themselves. We silence ourselves because we do not want to be a burden to those we love. In its twisted way, it's because we love so deeply. Through this book, I want us to unmask the hurts reveal the pain that got us there in the first place heal from all of that yucky mess that we have self-imposed or that has been self that has been imposed on us i want us to evolve one of my favorite quotes and i ended with this was needing nothing attracts everything and that's because i believe in manifestation i believe in the power of attracting the very things that we deserve. And so many of us feel so unworthy. So many of us feel like we are not worthy of the very things that we pray for. And it's because of the imposter syndrome. It's because we have this ideal that we are not uh, supposed to have these amazing things in our lives. A lot of us have never been told that we were worthy of wealth, of success, that we were worthy of being who we have in our minds to be. 
So we go off on these paths of searching and finding what worth means in other people, in our careers, in our creativity, lost in our own minds instead of looking and, and analyzing ourselves and saying, God, what would you have me to become? I remember after I had gotten my divorce um, to my ex-husband, my, my children's father, I was very confused because you create this entire ideal of what your life is going to look like from beginning to end. And when I'm, I mean, you're, you're married to this person. So you have an idea of I'm going to be with this person till I'm 60, 70, 80, you know, we're going to be on the front porch rocking in our chairs. We're going to raise our kids. We're going to do these things. You know, we're going to smoke weed until we're (laughs) 89 and whatever it might be. And all of that crumbled all of the aspirations, the traveling, the dreams, the hopes crumbled because now the person was no longer in the picture the way that they were before. I remember crying my eyes out. I remember thinking, God, what the heck do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What would you have me to do now? I'm this creative being who stopped being creative, who is doing all these other things now. And... I had created this whole other reality and now I'm not even there, not even on that path. So now there's this uncertainty that comes with life when life no longer looks like what it did before. And that's a scary place. It was in that moment. I remember falling to my knees. I was in the middle of my living room. My kids, I think, uh, yeah, my kids were gone. My kids were gone with their dad um, or their grandmother, but I know they weren't there with me. And I was I was on my knees in the living room. I had just gotten done writing all these great ideas down. I have notebooks where I just write and I write and I write. And I remember my face was on the ground and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say to me, like, your creativity is going to be the thing that brings you out. Just trust me. Just trust that the ideas that I give you are going to lead you into the right direction. And I'm just weeping and I'm praying and I'm like, God, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. What would you have me to do? Where am I supposed to go? Where? What now? Because I place so much importance on being married and being a mom and these titles that I had created for myself. And I never truly asked God, like, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? A lot of times people are stuck in positions because... That's not even what he made you for. So you're trying to fit into a place that you don't even belong. You're trying to fit into a spot that doesn't even deserve to um, service your existence. And if you really ask yourself, truly have these moments where you reflect Back to when you were 15, back to when you were 17, back to when you were 12, back to when you were 8. What were you doing? Oh, I love to draw, I love to paint, I love to write, I love to read, I love to speak, I love to sing, I love to race cars, I love to build, I love to sew. Then you kind of go, whoa, why am I a stewardess? Why am I delivery man? Why am I miserable being X, Y, and Z? Yeah, we're there for the money, but a lot of times our paths 
have just formed in front of us. We did not take control to ask for guidance in the direction that God would have us to go in the first place. So we're sitting miserably in our situation, reflecting on these ideals that we've created. And that's not even the laundry list of things he even had for us. He allowed us to go down those paths. And one of the most amazing things my dad ever told me, he's like, are you in God's permissive will? Or are you in his submissive will? So basically, are you in a place that God has allowed because he allows certain things for your growth usually? Or are you in God's submissive will? Have you submitted yourself to the idea that life flows and it goes a certain way and we were created for certain things? A rose does not question why it's red. The sky does not question why it's blue. It has a job. A a tree doesn't try to be a bird. A rose doesn't try to be a cloud. And it's not that we aren't allowed to aspire to try to learn different things. I'm a jack of all trades. But I think there is a particular place that we are allowed to be in, in life that will fit us. That will allow us to move with purposefulness. And I think that's so important. The spiral of desire unseasonal desires beget a spiral into treacherous territory i unseasonally wanted children i unseasonally wanted to be married i unseasonally had an abortion i unseasonally had these jobs and these ideals that sent me into a treacherous place you don't just get to suicide overnight You don't wake up one day happy and your life is great and you're graduated from college and you have a nice job and you're, you know, you're living with your mom and dad, you're stacking your ducats and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're depressed. It doesn't quite work that way. I have to think back to um, a moment when I was in, and this is the truth, I was in elementary school and I listened and I thought to myself, um... This is the first time I I actually compromised my morality for a desire that I had that was completely unseasonal. And it's interesting that I even have this memory, but I think it's very important to realize when your desires, unseasonal desires start to outweigh the trajectory of where God really wants you to go. I don't understand why boys was so heavily a thing that I was thinking of in the fifth grade, but I was. So I was in fifth grade and I was, I was, uh, I don't want to say dating because you're not really dating when you're in fifth grade, but I liked a guy and he liked me and we, now it's elementary school. So we were together for a week, right? You pass the notes, the cootie catchers. Do you like me? Push air. blah, blah, blah. And I remember the first heartbreak. It came back over the weekend. And I guess apparently he started liking somebody else. Well, he started to be with her. And I remember writing this guy a note because my heart was so broken, right? And I said to him, that's okay. You can date us both. I put my desire to be with somebody, even though I didn't know what that meant. 
before my own moral foundation, before my own worth. The ideal that I had in my head that I wanted to date somebody and have a boyfriend or whatever that looked like. That desire overtook the actual season in my life. I was in fifth grade. And a lot of times we go, oh, God will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, if it's in alignment with his will, he'll give it to you now. He will give it to you. But is it truly what he wants for you in that time? That's real. So, you know, that just brought me to think like, man, you were you were putting your desires before your destiny, before your actual journey, before your actual spot in this life. And girl, you got to get your life. That's just like when I got married. I'll never forget sitting in the car and we're on our way up. Don't get me wrong. My, my kid's dad and I, we have what you would call a good relationship, all things considered. Believe me, as we go through this podcast, you'll learn more about the hell that I went through. But honestly, we have a really good relationship because we love our kids. But before that, I was so in love and everything was just so perfect and deep in my core. And it's funny because I can feel now the difference between what I was forcing into a manifest and what I shouldn't have allowed and where I am now the peace I really feel about my choices and the decisions I make I remember riding up the road and during that moment I was so um I was going back and forth should I do this should I do this should I do this should I do this should I not should I do this should I not and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me from the right side of my of my being don't do this you'll be making a mistake i had my feet up in my beetle and my ex-husband's driving up the road and we're screaming and we're having a good time and we're so excited because we knew we were on our way to go get married we eloped we went to arlington virginia we eloped and ironically enough we got married in this basement and I had brought my own ring, guys. This is how much my own desire had gotten into my way. My stupidity had um, just completely blinded me into believing that I wanted what I thought I wanted in that moment. I bought my own ring. I bought my own dress. I bought his outfit. This is what I wanted so much for my life at 24 that I forced this thing. I was like, this is what's happening. We're in love, blah, blah, blah. He, now, he asked me to marry him. I didn't propose. But still, I knew in my heart of hearts that things weren't right. If they were, they, I wouldn't be forcing them into a box. I would have never heard the Holy Spirit tell me no, straight up. But I went with it because my desires outweighed my morality and my foundation because I did not know my worth. It's why I harp on the worth thing. I now see that, you know, pieces of my grandmother telling me that she wanted me to have children before she passed away, that seeped into my heart. Pieces of me um, having this timeline, this structured timeline of like, I need to be married by this point and I need to be in a career by this and I need to have this. And da 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 da. And I'm, I made this little checklist. 
I think you're allowed to have dreams, goals, aspirations, and passions. But if you don't say, God, I'm going to hand these to you. And if they're in alignment with what you have for me, cool. If they're not, please let me know that I need to do something else. And I think that's important for us to check ourselves and be okay when plans change. I think that's a big thing. Being okay with change is huge. That's a lot of times what gets us into this, to these traps. We're comfortable, we're complacent, and our desires outweigh our destiny, period. So, um, again, I'm on my way up and I hear the Holy Spirit tell me, don't you get married, girl. Don't do this. Of course I do it, right? I get married in a basement. And I remember the, I remember the magistrate or the gentleman that gives you the, um, you know, tells you to get married. He, he says to me, well, does anybody know you're doing this? And I remember thinking, no, run. And then another important moment had happened where we didn't have the money to pay the guy because we didn't realize we needed to pay him too to get married. We thought because we had our marriage license, we give it to him, he signs it off, we'll move on. Young, dumb, naive, right? So we're down there and we sign the paperwork and he goes, hey, you need money before you, we do this. So my ex-husband runs on up the street. He's gone for like 45 minutes. I'm freaking out. One of the guys that's in the hall says, okay, now you can run if you want. <laughs> like the Holy Spirit was giving me an out. He was telling me like, don't do this. Don't go down this road. You are going to hate this. My desires outweighed my destiny. Okay, fine. Nope. I've had too many different options here to uh, get out. And I've said no four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. So there I was. Do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded? Blah, blah, blah. I do. We're married. We are legally married at this point. Then comes the children. Then comes having to get into uh, the wifely duties getting into this submissive character and submitting yourself underneath somebody that was not really supposed to be a part of your life. It's not saying that he, that God didn't allow it. He allowed my kids to be born. I got these beautiful blessings out of it, but could my life had went another way? Yeah. Did I disrupt the, the beautiful trajectory of where I was supposed to be going? Yeah. Were there some things that transpired at the wrong times? Yeah. Should I have listened to the Holy Spirit those millions of times? Yeah. And I am grateful that on the flip side, the Holy Spirit is the very thing that saved my life during those moments of suicide and depression and anxiety and not wanting to be here. I remember writing down one day in one of those surveys, would do you want to be alive? And I says, yes, but sometimes I don't want to wake up. Of course, that threw me right into one of those counseling sessions, right? So I'm in there with people that I'll be honest, probably shouldn't have been in there with because there's levels to this game, but I realized truly who I was. Um, there are so many things that um, were revealed to me. I'm going to read one more part 
um, to this book um, that I wrote. It says life is uncomfortable, but we must do it all uncomfortably. We must be okay with being uncomfortable. I think American society has jaded us and created this false narrative that we're supposed to live these cushy lives. And so because we become faced with adversity, we go, no, that's not the way we're supposed to go. Actually, that's probably the road you're supposed to go down. The convenient way is not always the way that's right. Do it all uncomfortably and afraid. Do it afraid. Stop doing things. I'm not scared. Yeah, you are. And it's okay. Be scared shitless. It's okay. Be scared out of your mind. It's okay. It's truly fine. And the reason you need to do that is because we must all become fearless souls. We must all become the very thing that stopped us being alone, being afraid of looking stupid, being afraid of backtracking, being afraid of not having your goals met by a certain time in your life, being afraid of people not looking at you a certain way or judging you a certain way, being afraid you'll succeed. Do it afraid. So that the fear doesn't overtake you and you can then become fearless in what you're doing. So I charge you. This is one of the things I say. um, Unmask, reveal, heal, and evolve. And I say to unmask our very human desires. What are the things that you want so deeply? Unmask those desires. Unmask that brokenness. Unmask the shame and the truth about why we desire certain things prematurely. What are the things that are in your life that have brought you to this place that you're wanting things that you know you don't want right now or you don't need right now? Who told you to do that thing? What friend said that was cool? What ideal did you create? What expectation did you place on your life? Who put it there? Learning why these desires cause some of the choices we made. And we must become transparent and authentic with our personal stories. We must become transparent and authentic. A lot of times we cover up the truth about where we are going, who we're going with, what we're doing. We want everything to look this certain way. I know I had a picture. I had this facade of this outward appearance. I wanted everybody to think I was this, this goody girl who's so sweet and everything's put together and she's got her life together. No, truth is I've got laundry in my laundry basket piled up. I've got laundry in my dryer. Uh, I need to clean my closet. Um, you know, there was dishes less from last week in my sink. I mean, last night in my sink that I need to, uh, wash, you know, it's just the truth. And you need to be authentic with yourself in the little things so that when you're out in the real world, you show up the way God intended. Becoming authentic and transparent. Stop hiding behind the things that you're ashamed of. Oh, I had an abortion. I'm going to hide behind. No, you're afraid of what people are going to say about you. 
But that doesn't mean you get to wear that. That's not your cross to bear. God tells you to give over your burdens to him for a reason. He doesn't want you walking around. You might be missing your boat because you're walking around with a cross and you can't fit on the boat with a big old cross because you can't get through the door. Not everything is your burden to bear, including your own things and your own mistakes and your own choices. Be authentic with our personal stories to reveal. You want to reveal the truth about who you are, your passions, your deepest passions, your purpose, your deep purpose. Always evaluate your desires. Evaluate them. Okay, God, I want a house, a car. I want to be married. I want children. Okay, does that fit into my life? Where is it I'm trying to go right now? Am I even in the place in my life where I'm going to meet the type of mate that I know I want? You might be going, I want, I want this. Okay, but you're trying to work on your master's degree, girl. Do you really think you need a man right now at this moment? For what? What do you need him for? You're motivating yourself just fine. It's not to say that God cannot bless you in that, but you need to make sure you're not stifling yourself so you can be in the exact position so that you can be ready to receive what he has called you to be. Men, women, you need to check yourselves. You got to date with intention. You have to move in life and through life with intention, purposefulness. Evaluate your desires and make sure your choices are in season with God's will. If you don't know God's will for your life, you don't know if you're making the right choices at those moments for your life. You need to heal. You got to begin the healing process and forgive yourself and others for decisions made at unseasonal times. I think that's so important. I think forgiving yourself, getting on your knees and screaming out, I am so sorry, Gabby. Oh, I'm so sorry, Ruth. I'm so sorry, whatever your name is, that I put you through these things. And I'm sorry that I didn't know how to handle X, Y, and Z. I'm sorry that I allowed myself to go through these things. Some hurts were not mine. Some hurts were things that other people put on to you. You forgive yourself for allowing yourself to stay there or allowing yourself to accept that or allowing yourself to be there and feel trapped or allowing yourself to hang on to the pain too long. A lot of times people make decisions and do things to people because of the place that they're in. And a lot of times you accept things because of the place you're in. People treat you exactly how they know how to treat you because you've shown them how to treat you that way. People only treat you the way you show them you want to be treated. You say, I want to be treated with respect. They're going to treat you with respect. You tell them, I want to be treated with dignity. You got to show them that. You don't draw the line and then they cross the line and then you draw another line. No, you draw the line and that's the line. You cross the line, you cross the line. Heal and forgive yourself and others for decisions made at unseasonal times and accept that you can't change anything that has happened. You can't. I think when people really, really accept that, that's true forgiveness. Forgiveness is accepting that it already happened and that it cannot be changed. Forgiven. 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 We're going to give what has came before the room for that energy to not be 
allowed to live in my space any longer. Do not allow that energy to serve a purpose anymore in your life. If you were abused as a child, if you were hurt as a child, if you were hurt as an adult, if you were abused as an adult, if you were in a domestic violence situation, if you were thrown down the steps, if you were punched in the mouth, if you were had friends that uh, stabbed you in the back who weren't there for you, if you weren't there for them, forgive yourself for being in those places and accept that you can't change any of that. But know that you can't hang on to that energy. You can't lug that gargoyle around anymore. You cannot let that dead carcass of that energy that you wasted time thinking about and mulling over and thinking to yourself, I'm not good enough or I didn't deserve this. or I, That energy is still with you because you have not forgiven what is not yours to bear anymore. And you got to do this so you can evolve into the man, into the woman, into the man and woman that God is and has been preparing you to be. Period. God is and has been preparing you to be. It is when you evolve, you use that growth, you use that crushing, you use those pain moments that you finally released. You've used that forgiveness that you finally giving the freedom of that energy to no longer service your life anymore. You begin understanding your worth. You begin understanding that your life is about abundance. You begin understanding that you already have the love you feel like you deserve from some other source when you have it. God is love. So if you understand that he is love, you'll, you'll be aligned with the, with the purpose, with, with your purpose, with your passions, with your goals. You'll be on the path you need. You'll be, your desires will be in line. You will evolve. You will transform. You'll go from that seed that's down in that dank, dark place that God had to place there and then he put dirt on top of it and then he pressed it down and then you're inside of this hole and you're going oh my god how did I end up here but you didn't realize that he was getting ready to water you he was getting ready to start pouring pouring nutrients onto you he was getting ready to do all the things that you wanted uh, to happen anyway that you had desires for but you plucked yourself up And move yourself to another spot because you said, ah, it's too dark here. It's too much pressure here. Too much going on here. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe you need to be where he needs you to be. You might grow faster instead of plucking yourself up. Then you got to go through this dark moment again and a dark moment again and a dark moment again and a dark moment again. There's this great song and, and, uh, that I love. It's called Cycles. By Jonathan McReynolds, it says uh, basically that the enemy can see exactly the thing that keeps you going in cycles. You're the one that says you don't want to be in the cycles, but every time he sees your weakness, you go back there. That's how he keeps you going in cycles cycles because he sees oh she desires to be married well i'm gonna put a man in front of her face 
I'm going to deter her from going in the direction that God's planned for her. Because I know her weakness is her desire. I'm going to put uh, money in front of her face at this moment. She's going to be at a job she don't even want to be at. Her real talent is singing. But she's so pressed to be over there in that job. Because she thinks it's going to make her look good. Okay, go ahead and be there, honey. Be careful what you ask for. And that's just the truth. Be careful what you ask for. We all need to try to evolve into the women and the men that God is and has been preparing you to be. And I'm so grateful that I started um, this movement. It's called Fearless Souls and Co. I want this to be something that you're able to hinge onto, glean information from, glean some knowledge from. Cry. Put your tears in my book. Cry with me. Weep with me. Be uh, transparent with yourself. I didn't like that boy because I hated my marriage because I was in this position because I hate that such and such did this to me. I allowed myself to stay in that relationship because I didn't want to feel alone. And check yourself, because when you say that, a lot of times you'll feel that leap in your spirit that goes, well, I don't want to, I didn't, it's not true that I didn't want to be alone. Maybe it is true you didn't want to be alone. Why are you going to fight that? Maybe you need to deal with why you don't want to be alone with yourself. Hmm? (laughs) Maybe you got to deal with the reasons that certain things transpired a certain way. We're going to get more in depth into these conversations as the podcast continues, but I wanted to really open up and uh, start off my book by uh, start off my podcast by just uh, thanking you guys um, for, again, the support, the love. This is the Spiral of Desire podcast uh, where we're going to unmask some things. We're going to reveal some things. We're going to heal. and We're going to evolve into the men and women God has called us to be. I don't mean for this to be so deeply spiritual, but I'm a spiritual person. And at the end of the day, I believe that if you're led by the spiritual, you'll be fine. And you can call it whatever you like. Um, spirit, Holy Spirit, guidance, universe. I believe in God. I believe in Christ. But whatever resonates for your soul and gets you to move forward in the things of God. Because at the end of the day, I believe there is only one God. And I believe we should all move into that direction. His light is beautiful. His light is wonderful. And if you accept that God is love, you will be eternally grateful that you placed yourself in his hands and not your own. Thank you. This is the Spiral of Desire podcast, and I cannot wait to be with you guys again soon. These are the Toilet Chronicles, episode one. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure y'all follow me on my social media platforms at Cactus Soul on Facebook and at underscore Cactus Soul on Instagram. That's Soul, 5-O-U-L. You can purchase a copy of my book on Amazon or get a signed copy on BigCartel.com. All links are in my social media bios. Thank you, darlings. Love, light, and blessings. This has been the Spiral of Desire podcast.